Hi guys, this is Michael Lay, um, and this is our first episode of ALC Podcast, that's Art Love Collective. Uh, you want to introduce yourself there? Hey, I'm Tony Dean, um, I'm a friend of Michael's, and I also run Prototype LLC out of Reynoldsburg, Ohio, doing 3D printing and scanning, and Michael invited me on to talk about what he's doing with his show, with his uh, gallery and what I'm doing with all of my stuff and just kind of kick it for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Tony's uh, definitely helping out with all the technology stuff here. I'm not too familiar with it. Um, I'm, but I am, I'm the founder of the group and um, I, I would say that I'm kind of, I try to just push things along. I try to like come up with ideas and try to make sure things happen and I'm I'm grateful that we have people like Tony um, working on this stuff, but uh, we do just kind of want to introduce everyone to to who we are. Um, we're located in Gahanna, one sixty six Granville Street. Uh, you should definitely check us out. Um, we're an art gallery here. We're on Google Maps. We have a website, artlovecollective.com. We have an Instagram. Under construction. Under, they're all, <laughs> everything's under construction. We have existing things, Instagram handle, Facebook yeah. page, website. It seems crazy to think, like, really, what, like, the majority of this only started up, what, like, three months ago oh, in yeah. earnest? Yeah, so it's right. been a, a quarter. Yeah. Yeah. The first one was, let's see, I want to say it was 9-5. Nine, nine so, yeah, so it's been show, yeah. it's just been a little over two months, um, but yeah, it's been a great ride. Um, we've had we've had three events, um, faces of love events. No, sorry, four four faces of love events, and uh, we've made over two thousand dollars straight to charity, and it's something we're really proud of. Um, yeah, and that's just a portion of the sales, right? Like thirty percent or something like somewhere around that somewhere around that range. So yeah. you know, like the artists that have you know that you've brought into the group you know if you're making two thousand for charity they're making some money for themselves too so kind of like right. making it possible for artists to you know make a living on some of their right. talents is really cool and it's right. hard to find something like that I think. yeah i think i think that's a good point i mean it's uh not that the charity is not a good thing charities it's awesome it's thing, built but, into our business model i mean we're not trying to just be charitable without really being sustainable and i think that's kind of like the major I think that's like the main, uh, I don't know, sort of stepping stone um, for when you go into business and you try to build charity into it. But if you're over giving um, and if you don't sort of like um, counteract that somehow with pocketing some to be able to sustain, I mean, not even in a selfish way. And I think a lot of us artists kind of like think of ourselves as these sort of like slaves to society and we should we don't deserve anything more and um but i would say that you tony you know tony and i like we we're trying to have this more we don't have to be starving artists you know that's that's to the point where that's like an old term where like that's that's almost what you expect out of people that do art yeah, it was kind of. Tr I feel like I trigger some artists whenever I use the term. <laughs> it's it's derogatory, it is, and like it is. we try to avoid it if we can, but at the same time, you kind of own it too, though. Like I hear artists say exactly. all the time, like, that's the bad. They, they like almost. they like the persona of yeah. it, but they don't like to be perceived as it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's almost like uh, 
start if if you if you buy into the starving artist lifestyle then all of a sudden money somehow becomes bad and it's just like hmm i don't know money is sort of just this marker of like what you can do with it like we all need money to survive and with a lot of money you could do a lot of things and they can go either in the direction of good or bad or yeah. neutral i mean um, i guess it's kind of weird it's all you know perspective too because my whole goal you know with what i've done with with my side hustle is the whole goal has been to move away from the nine to five like we always talk about right. and, and go full-time doing you know what you love yeah. and i would mark success as being just making enough money to be able to do that full-time right. like the goal isn't to make you know a, a million dollar profit no. company or whatever you know like i'm sure that's probably not the case for for here either it's more no. it's definitely just you know being able to do what you love you can't yeah. put a price tag on that and, no i think so yeah, it's so rare to see people do that too right um and that's why a lot of people um take a look at you know you tr even trying to do that and kind of you're just like can sometimes be negative too um <laughs> if you're you just gotta try, you got to yeah you got to cut that out mm -hmm. of course but mm -hmm. you know you do see it just um you know you even trying to do that i think a lot right. of people want to do that but hmm. you know don't know how or you know can't you know get the gumption to try so what maybe it's pretty cool yeah i mean you know i i call myself the founder because the first thing that happened basically was that i did an art show on my driveway by myself and i made a couple hundred dollars and i put up stuff on facebook I told people about it. I sent people texts like, hey, come by and see some art that I'm selling. And that was right at the beginning of COVID. That was right? a few months into COVID. You know, if we say that COVID oh, yeah, pretty much started yeah, late March, right. early April, I want to say my first show was July, maybe. Um, I want to say it was like July 25th. Yeah, it was July 25th. So a few months into <laughs> From COVID. Very to exact, yeah. But it's still in the, it, it's, yeah, it's still <laughs> in the depths. It's still in the, it was still like, hmm, it was society's, yeah. yeah. Um, it was one way to do, and then everyone wore masks, and it was pretty much just friends and family, and like, actually some neighbors, I got to know some neighbors a little bit better after that. Was that not the one though that made it on the news and you had some people actually? That was come the by? second one. Oh, that was the, second that was the one. first group one. So oh, I that guess one... I missed the first one completely. Yeah. The well, you know, it's it was a handful of people. It was like a cool, fun party that I kept public, quote unquote, and COVID friendly. So it was a new invention on my part. It was a mm -hmm. gallery, obviously. So it was like me displaying my art, which I've done before. I've been in galleries. I've been in. I've displayed multiple times in different places. That's nothing new. Um, and I've and I've even been in like kind of nicer places and whatnot. But uh, with COVID, I actually got turned down from galleries. Slash, the galleries weren't even running. They're like, no, we're not the um, in uh, non-essential. Oh uh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All the boutiques. Not, we're not considered essential yeah, business. Like yeah, like nail salons, barber shops, uh, art sports is now arenas. Forbidden. Yeah, art is music. <laughs> I mean, if you're not like a hospital or a grocery store, you're non-essential. Yeah, that just blows my mind. Yeah, like it art, is art being non-essential. Like I get it is. I though. get like I mean, I, I get, get it. that it's non-essential. I mean, when you're in war mode, which we were in war. I mean, right? Like we were in war mode against the virus. Like it was its own. I guess, but looking back on it, like compared to now, you know, with cases being an all-time high in Ohio, and like you know, 
as of right now, what it's like next Thursday, the governor is going to make a call on whether we go back into more lockdown type stuff. Right. Like, Shutting it, off the bars. Yeah, and it, it ultimately didn't seem as big of a deal back then as it does now. Um, you think back know. then it didn't seem like a big deal? Well, obviously when it was fresh for everybody, it, yeah. you know, it was, the it was a bigger deal. The masks are the most visual. Let's say you're complete, like, non-native American and somehow you live under a rock or something and you just, like, witness people from a distance or something like that. To me, that's how I, like, sort of almost break it down because... In my whole life, I've never seen people so socially distanced and masked. Like, even though it's regulation, the fact that it's regulation, and you know, I'm from Japan, or I was born in Japan, I've been there a lot of times, I have Japanese heritage, and you've been there, and you know the culture. In Japan, China, and Korea, um, they've been wearing masks for decades, uh, come flu season, or um, allergies, or yellow dust, like there's a... Um, Yellow dust. I've never heard of that. Uh, yellow That's dust from allergies. China. Oh, yellow dust is bad. It's a, it's a offshoot of chi- factories in China that are blowing eastward to Korea and Japan. Kind of like smogs. It's a smog cousin. alert. Yeah. yeah. Where like yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a factory. It's it's smog. It's a form of smog. Yellow dust is. So does it mostly hit like Western Japan then, or does it yeah. like even go? To There's Tokyo? just seasons. Um, I don't even know. I can't say when they are. Uh, I'm guessing when the gusts of winds are high more than when they build, because when wouldn't they build, I'm assuming? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, we've, we have, in the Southeast Asian countries, we've worn these masks, but in the States, I've never seen it happen, you know, yeah. despite that being During such a normal surgery. Thing. Right, <laughs> yeah. That was about the only time you'd see a mask exactly. get whipped out. Yeah, uh, or elderly people that are, like, so freaking sick... <laughs> Yeah, even or, then, even then, just never saw or it. Or SARS, maybe, right? SARS or surgeons? Surgeons or SARS? Painting. If you would paint, like, your house, sometimes people, or, like, sawdust, yeah, you know? Like, yeah, like, masks yeah. like that. You'd see, like, that's where a lot right. of people would work. It, yeah. Right, I guess so, that's true. Go to Lowe's and get, like, one of the, yeah. uh, you know, those little dome masks. But. but Japan, it's almost like a fashion statement. It's almost like... In every anime, you have to have some people wearing masks just to like fill in space. And people was, just yeah. wear masks. Well, it's just so natural over there, I guess. And, and strangely too, though, I never recall ever seeing somebody with like a a, a designer uh, cloth mask. No, Uh-oh. it's always like that. Mm, I think white, right now you know? there are more sure fashionable ones, yeah. but not pre-COVID. Like yeah. I noticed, yeah, pre-COVID, I don't remember anybody ever having like a cloth mask. it was always just. I think no people would have cloth masks, but they weren't that cool. It was something cutesy, like you'd have a tare panda, like the, you know, the iconic, lazy panda, image, uh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. in the middle of a white cloth mask or something. You had little kitty masks, but mostly people just wore the standard white and blue, kind of like, sort of decent quality surgeon's mask kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that part of the U.S. is the the real bizarre part is that it's like forever changed across the world too. I'm sure there's lots of countries that wear masks all the time, like Australia and England and wherever else. Maybe yeah. major major city areas. I'm sure it's going to hang around for a while. There's going to be you know even after COVID's under control and people you know have lost the uh, the fear so to speak of it. I think that it'll be much more like I think a lot of things have changed um, that that'll always remain you know changed now which some some for the good and some for the bad I think that like just work culture in general like yeah you know it's been 
um, you, know, for, you know, I've been in a Japanese office type environment, you know, for the past 10 years, um, kind of like, you know, your, your classic cube, but like even Japanese style cubes, it's not really cube, like there's no walls up around you, you know, it's just like lines of desks and you might have a little half wall if you're lucky type of thing. And, you know, you have X number of sick days, and if you don't want to care through your sick days, I've been sitting right Wait, beside... this is a description of a realm of hell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's horrible. That's, that, but, that was what you were describing. Right? Yeah, I've had, yeah. definitely had nightmares of this. But, like, yeah. you know, since I haven't... I've been working from home for the past, you know, since March, so and it's November now, so... You cut out all that other time that... You know, this is how I described it as... Before, if you got done with work, you'd go crazy because you're like, "Why the hell am I here?" Oh yeah, you like have a little Google tab up in the corner of your computer yeah. screen just, just to <laughs> fill in your hours yeah. because you're expected to fill in the time. Versus, and I get that some jobs require in person. Like, I'm an interpreter at a lot of places that do assembly line work. And when you're building parts for a car, like we don't have the robots yet that can consistently do part manufacturing. They can do the, the production actually pretty well. Or, you know what I mean? They assembly. Could, they could build things, but they can't assemble it. Oh, you know? okay. I mean, and it depends on the assembly. Assembly could be like, but there's still certain stupid little widget clippy things. Oh, yeah, 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 like yeah. Robots just can't get it right. Like, yeah. even though they can do anything perfectly, they can do like a hard press or something, or like some kind of drilling in. But if it's just like, and then you do the clippy thing, and then you pull the string, and then you do da, like you still yeah. need a human being to do that. Um, but other than those kinds of jobs and food service, which if we let go of the idea of restaurants, we wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, well, I think about that sometimes, and I think people would just piss, be pissed off just from that comment. Yeah. Like, How dare you try to tear down? That's all I, I got. Like, I like restaurants. I go to Roosters. I do like restaurants. Yeah. Well, when I, I was there, I was just sitting, like sitting by somebody who's clearly sick. You know, like that That's was the weird. that was the culture. It yeah. wasn't really frowned upon. You know, like mm. if anything, it was almost encouraged. Really, in all the places I've been, it's yes. like, oh, that dude's that dude's sick as hell, but yeah. he's still coming into work oh, and grinding. He only has it out. Ten, like, 10 hours left of PT. Well, you, even, even if you know, it's even better if he didn't. Like if oh, yeah. you know what, he's he could burn off like two weeks of vacation, but right. he's just such a hard worker that right. you know you can't get him away from here. Like even if he's feels like hell, he's going to come in and work. Yeah, and, like no, that's it, it was noble. It was yeah, a noble it was all, yeah. I mean, maybe that's the yeah. Japanese style or something. Maybe it's not that same way with American companies. No, I, think, I mean, I've I never done that, of, but I think a lot of offices are. That, that have a, a limited amount of um, whatever that's called, like vacation time or whatever. Um, it's There's a pressure, yeah. for sure. I mean, there's points. Yeah. If there's a score and you're, and the higher your score, the worse. Um, and, and if you're neurotic and freaked out, which who of us isn't a little yeah. neurotic and freaked out about somehow your job, like, being demeaned and stuff, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I just think that that's gone, you know, now. I don't think, I mean, maybe, you know, give it a few years and people forget about the whole COVID thing or whatever. Not that anybody will really forget about it, but... Not right now. You know, it's going I think strong. That, I know that, like, you know, my full time now, it's kind of like, hey, if you don't feel well at all, you know, don't come in. Right. You, know, you work remotely. Yeah. So... If you can, I hope that that not? continues. I mean, I yeah. think... You know, and it should be expanded to just like what it really made no sense that I was ever in the office in the first place after right. you've been doing it for a year. 
and hitting all your measurements or whatever, you know, for your right. performance. It's like, okay, well, why was I why was I spending an hour a day driving back and forth and burning gas and maintenance on my car and doesn't like, make any time sense. out of my life. No. My kid's gotta spend an extra hour in daycare or whatever, you know. I think that, you know, it's gonna be a big maybe it's not so much that companies will want to continue it, but I think that companies that companies that do will be so it, it'll be a benefit now. right cost, like people uh, people will efficient. offer it mm-hmm. people will offer it as a benefit of working at yep. this company you know yep. like oh we do work from home for if days your company's week, about whatever. optimizing and maximizing all your cost benefit roi blah 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 efficiently using your staff not wasting your time their time if you can cut trim all the fat in all kinds of ways you're a good business you know, alongside just building R&D and production, whatever the hell else you have to do. Um, anyway, I was going to say, speaking of remote, could you explain to the audience what we're looking at with this 3D camera? Um, why don't we Why don't we kind of go? Well, over... I mean, I'll probably um, I'll probably trim it to where it's not like a full 360. But okay, um, what is it? It's the Insta One X is what we're filming on. Okay, um, so it's just a, a 360 camera. So it's okay. got like the two domes on either side of the camera, and yeah. and uh, you know it seamlessly gets like you know that whole not really dumb sphere of right. of video around it, and then you know you can kind of go in afterwards and focus in on what you want you know, from any direction, and, you know, if you upload yeah. the entire 360 video or whatever, you could, you know, on your phone, you just scroll around or right. move it around with the acceler- accelerometer and just hmm. be able to see, you know, from whatever angle you want, so hmm. that's pretty cool. I mean, I got it because I've been looking at, you know, more more opportunities in the 3D scanning space to, you know, offer more services, and you know, as I make that transition to full-time, and, hmm. um, uh, there's a lot of technologies out there to do like 360 tours of houses, right. um, especially for realtors. That's really big now. But you know, like some construction places are doing it. Um, you know, there's there's a number of uh, like I've heard even like people doing like Airbnbs and stuff like that. Like yeah, you can take not? like a you can basically take a photo of exactly what yeah. your place looks like before somebody goes in and yeah. potentially trashes it or whatever. You oh. know, and like insurance adjusters and stuff like that. You know, you can go through and you can digitally capture an entire House It'd be less of a surprise. It'd be good for both the the seller and the buyer. Just yeah, straight yeah. to the chase. Once you get there, you're like, yeah, this is what I was expecting because this is what you shot. Like yeah, yeah. I mean, that's even it's good photos can be deceiving. Exactly. Yeah. One one wall could look big, but it could be a crammed room or something with a big wall or something. For, for yeah. sure. I mean, just being being able to eliminate the like, oh, was this just a fancy photo filter or There's something so many like, things you could you do. Can, with yeah, photos. you can just see yeah. exactly what it is. And, and with right. what I do, even you can even take measurements. So you like, you can right. look at a wall and you be like, I wonder if my if my couch would fit in this room. And you can literally right. click in the corner of the, of the room and the mm-hmm. other corner of the room and it'll draw right. a line and tell you right. within like, you know, since I'm just doing it with photos, um, I think it's like 10% accuracy, something like that. So it's not like the most accurate in the world, it's but you can get an general, idea. Yeah. Um, you know, there's better scanners out there. Well, but, and if there's people filling the room like it is right now, you kind of get a sense of, you know, this room even, for example. I mean, if yeah. it's an objectless room. But it might be hard to scan. Oh, that's true. Like, if there's already a couch in there. I mean, you see, like, uh, electric outlets, and you're like, I know how big an electric outlet is. I know how big doorways usually are. Unless (laughs) those are freakishly, you know, large Alice in Wonderland doors. Yeah. I guess they're usually smaller. Well, your shop is, like, kind of, 
I don't know when this building was built. Do you know when it was built? No, but I'd guess early 1900s. Yeah, I mean, for sure, that's Something, what I would have that guessed. What that's what I would have yeah. guessed. Oh, well, because it's like it's all, it. it all seems like, you know, custom woodwork and framing and probably like custom yeah. sizes of doors and, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah, but, and we're kind of along the strip of, I know that it's like a sought-after, well-preserved... It's kind like of a historical a, district, really, It's a, it's right? a row of um, houses turned business, maybe, or like... For sure, yeah. yeah. This definitely looked like it was at one point a house. Yeah, it was a big sort of commerce. Gahanna has always been kind of like a good crossover for. Um, it means three river, I think, or three path. Gahanna. Yeah, Gahanna? as a I think Gahanna? whatever Gahanna, Gahanna, uh, Gahanna. The the whatever the Native American sort of like language. And don't quote me on any of this stuff. <laughs> but there is an article over there. I could we could pull it up later just to you know Oh the one that's hanging over by the door. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's something where Gehenna means like three path, but it's something to do with like the trade that was done, you know, back before like we had probably motorized vehicles. Um I wanna say like maybe eighteen hundreds or something, like settler time. Um this has kind of been like a pretty Traffic-y place um, just to travel, you know, through the Midwest probably. Well, isn't there like Three Creeks Park or something? Just Three Creeks. Little... Yeah, what it is. Three Creeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like... means Three Creeks. It well, the Three, Three Creeks Park yeah. I think is down way further south than this. Though mm -hmm. I think it's down like near Bryce Road or something. Down okay. like the Pickerington area. Right. Maybe I that's thought, like but... maybe that's kind of the heart of Gehanna type of thing. Yeah. I mean Gehanna, you know, spans. Like quite a bit more than I thought originally. Oh yeah, it's, it, yeah. it does kind of sprawl. It's a huge suburb, right, on the east side. It's got one of the nicer downtowns, <clears throat> I must say. It's it's not the hugest, but it's got nice fountain, nice park, nice businesses. I guess it depends what you consider downtown. I guess the Creekside thing is what I would consider downtown. Well, that's right? what I mean. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That area. Yeah, I really like the Creekside. It's not, area. and that's what yeah. you're right beside. I mean, yep. you're you can walk easily, um, yeah. like. A block or two and you're gonna oh, be yeah. on that main drag oh yeah uh, we'd be a good uh, you know if you're gonna go out drinking or going out eating or checking out downtown uh, swing by 166 Granville we got a bunch of art here we got a bunch of fun people I would say so yeah at the I events yeah there's, it gets pretty well, just on a daily basis you know monday through friday right here oh for sure yeah, yeah. For, if you just want to come and check out the art and stuff like that we got a number of artists you know always displayed here yeah uh, uh yeah and the i want to get into the the classes now we're going to be offering so tony and i've been talking about this for a while um so we both speak japanese i have japanese heritage Konnichiwa. tony likes anime and, no, I don't uh, like it. I'm not it. I'm just would, kidding. I think that's the worst. I think that's the worst intro for me ever. But yeah, never mind. Uh, regardless, <laughs> Tony learned Japanese later in life, but we still have like a a love for Japanese and for our classes. Um, or okay, so we we've had Faces of Love fundraiser events, and they've been art and music, um, and we're going to continue doing those. But it's winter time. I don't think people are into going to festival type events we're like hunkering down we're gonna have thanksgiving and christmas and then no, saving canceled. money and returning things what's that i said those are canceled um <laughs> we'll have you know festivities days and uh <laughs> yeah. you know you know witch hunt circles i don't know whatever you want to do during the holidays guys some seances <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, under a roasted fire. But only with your media family. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Be weird without. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we did think instead of having art music fundraisers, it'd be fun to, I'm calling them the master classes because, uh, and we're gonna start with Japanese classes and art classes, and they're called master classes because- You're the master. We're, we're, we're gonna have masters of the subjects teach people. And I think that's fundamentally what we want. Um, Tony and I have done Japanese for long enough. We've been part of companies that deal with Japanese. We have enough. We have enough resources. My mom's native Japanese. We'll have an online presence um, with a uh, with a native speaker that we that will capture during the class. But we're gonna enter this COVID remote style learning with our fancy cameras, 360ing around, and providing. You know, and we wanna. We were just talking about this, but we wanna work towards having a VR, like a virtual reality, um, viewable class. I don't think that's. It's actually really not easy with the, three, with the 360 now. camera. It's really not that difficult. Yeah, you would, you know, you just be in the perspective of where the camera is. So, uh, well, we could always with this podcast. I mean, we're always going to have the audio. We can always have a regular flat video, and then we could have the option of at least trying to be part of the VR uh, media. You know, yeah. we could be one of those things where it's like, hey, experience our love collective podcast in virtual reality. A virtual between, reality between podcast. Ping I wonder how many of those there actually are right now. Can't be many. A handful. Well, if any. Between uh, other people's playing of ping pong and lightsaber directional sword swinging games. Beat Saber. What is it's it called? Beat Saber. Beat Saber. Yeah. Uh, they might be able to tune in. Yeah, our love, our love collective podcast. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the idea of the, you know, of the classes. We had always been talking about it. Even, I think even before um, the Art Love Collective thing even really came about, we yep. kind of had beat around the idea for a while. Because I mean, yeah. it's, it's weird. We've known each other for what now? I can't even think. A few years. I mean, it was back. I mean, I was working. Two thousand and nine. Two thousand nine was when I started. I started 2013 at TS Tech. Really? Yeah. Oh, so I'd already been there for You've four years. You've been there years. a little while. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. It was, it was 2012 that I started. Forgive me. I, I graduated oh, okay. college so in 2009. Oh, okay. So it's been a year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so a year, and then you right. came. Yeah. So right. since then. Seven years or so. Yeah, seven I think years. I met you earlier on when I got there. And Yeah. Even though we went to OSU, and I don't think we were at, ever at OSU at the same time. Because no. yeah. I graduated in 2009. And I was in the Japanese department then, but my whole last year of OSU was in I graduated in 09 as well. Oh, I really? Three to 09. Okay, so, you, yeah. you know, oh, really? So we probably were, like, just passing each other or Maybe. something. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's. Probably I mean, I was weird. taking fifth year, freshman year, and then other than that, I, that I did a bunch of IIs with Yuasa, mm. and then took random history culture class. I mean, it's possible we were in the same class, but I... We were never in the same class. I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, no. Sometimes you randomly take a really easy cultural class at the yeah, end of your yeah. year. I don't know. Like a Japanese literature course like or some, something. Some maybe. things it's like, yeah, it's like if it's like reading Japanese poetry translated into English, it's like it doesn't yeah. matter how good you are in Japanese. Sometimes it kind of helps, but really yeah. that's not what it's about. No, Our no, history. No. Yeah, that's not, that was never the focus of OSU right. at least. The language, the, the what would you call it, like the pure language classes. Those those have like hard yeah those are the more exclusive ones yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, and what I was getting at was I just I always liked the idea of the classes um, because I feel like well I don't know back in the day I, you know it's hard to think of what a younger you would have chosen to do but right. you know in retrospect um, you know especially something like language you know there's always those that will advise like why would you go to college for a language like why don't you just move to Japan for four years or whatever and I and that's okay. to an, to an extent. Um, you could, uh, you, you could, you know, depending on the yeah, person. Yeah, but how would you, the thing is, the question I'd immediately ask, which I, I get what you're saying, but, like, how would you get the funds and the means to do four years for, without studying it and getting into it? Like, for sure. There's, there's no way to gonna, just plop yourself there. And well, what I'm saying, I guess, is if you were going to, you would, if you used, <clears throat> if, let's say, hypothetically, you could get you know, like a federal student loan, like everybody gets for college nowadays. Okay. And you, instead of using that for college, you use right. that to move to Japan for four years, let's say, and, okay. and just get a part-time job or whatever. Like, right. depending on on the type of person, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm not this person. Disclaimer: <laughs> I, I'm certain that I would not. My Japanese would improve to to a point where you know you get by maybe. But it certainly wouldn't be like speaking passively, um, right. you know, without any sort of structured lesson. Um, right. But you know, looking back on it, it was like I I like that I went to college. I like that I learned Japanese. I mean, it's definitely opened doors for me. It's been my career for ten years. It's of got course. me in the door for places at least. Of course. Um, but I also kind of yeah i i feel like going back on it like if i would have studied maybe business or whatever and then just mm -hmm. had somebody who knew japanese who had been through the the system so to speak on how to how they were taught japanese and just kind you of just had just a japanese girlfriend for a year or, or a couple couple seasons <laughs> one for a couple seasons yeah that would be like, nice okay that would be nice maybe too but yeah. like you know no, somebody no but even just someone that Almost like preferably was bad at English, you know. Exactly, like, like that's your a Japanese big thing. friend that was studying in the U.S. that you helped with his or her homework, but like they would teach you the in my country, like that kind of that's that's nice to have. And my, you know, me, I'm sure you were envious of other. I'm sure you've met other half Japanese or Japanese heritage people that have Japanese parents. It's like, certainly oh, seems like wow, an like, advantage. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, it's even though you, you're taking Japanese classes too, like your grandma and aunt yeah, you got like, a head start. Yeah, say you, Japanese to yeah, you. Yeah, your like, Japanese privilege. Yeah, the, I guess so. <laughs> the curse slash privilege, if you will. Well, I mean, so it's like um, if. I'm trying to form it. It's like I think that uh, well, you're for example, you, you you got what you got your master's in in Japanese pedagogy, yep, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, specifically Japanese pedagogy. Yes. Is that the way that works? Yep, All right. Yep. So, but so like you're very, you know, you. I mean, technically, I mean, I don't know the, you know, I'm not. I got out of academia and my bachelor's. I don't know what the next steps would be, but right. I'm certain that you, with your degree, would be, you know, uh, to a level that you'd probably be able to get a job somewhere teaching Japanese at a school, right? Sort of. Um, what I learned at the end of my second year, and this was on my part, I didn't do the research, apparently, is that in order to even t teach at a high school level, I would have had to take one more year on top of my two years of my master's in Japanese pedagogy, another year to get a master's in education which would have just been one year of general 
education classes. That wouldn't have been too hard, I guess. It wouldn't have been hard. It was beneath me at that point. <laughs> yeah. I was like, why am I going to take these generic education classes for another year? Well, you would have, at that just, point you were through like six I, years of college, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He's going to sign up for year seven. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't jumping up and down. <laughs> I, I graduated undergrad in four years and one quarter, and I'm glad I didn't do one quarter more because... Yeah. I did three years. I couldn't. Good for couldn't you. Hit. And I transferred. Like I, so yeah. my first year, my That's entire my entire first year yeah. of college, I was a music major right. for music education at Capital right. University, and I decided quickly that I didn't want to teach music. Right. Um, but to be fair, I did a double major. Oh yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, major, it's hard to do that. I yeah. would have done three years in either art or Japanese if I did single. Um, I like, had to do all the summer classes. That's how I managed it. The, so I never I, take a break. I just always did. Yeah. Uh, what is that called? The, the intensive uh, Japanese uh, speak? speak. Summer summer program for something something, something, something. Japanese. Mm. That the Japanese not. But it's for. <laughs> I think they do it for Chinese and Japanese. It's speak. Yeah, it's speak. Right. I know yeah. it's speak yeah. because I actually did one summer of teaching speak, and I always forget what it's called because it's not as obvious as you think. It's we're just talking about. The OSU Japanese, like the the East Asian Japanese Chinese departments, um, but no, they have really intensive summers, and I've I haven't taken those summers, and I it wouldn't matter because I know most of that anyway. But I've read through the curriculum and just knowing the content you have to go through, I could like empathize so well how. <laughs> impossible that seems to go at that speed at a language just like force feeding conversations down your head and summer intensive track speaks so s-p-e-a-c uh-huh and i cannot find the whole point what of it stands for, for what it stands acronym some summer programs east asian culture i bet you anything. summer yeah. programs for east asian because there's culture. a speak program for japanese and for chinese right yeah and they've really beefed up the Korean stuff lately, it seems. Yeah. It was just in its infancy when I was there. Well, but your point, I think, was to have something like this uh, yeah, well, available. I, I guess my thing was, looking back on it, I almost wish that, you know, I think that, yes, having a degree probably got me in the door, but the biggest thing that got me in the door at all of these places was when they brought in a Japanese speaker and said, hey, can you just talk for a little bit just to prove that you really know what you're doing? Because they always did that, you know, like um, maybe they wouldn't if I was Japanese or something like that. But, you know, you could put anything you want on a resume, um, especially when you're, you know, there was, uh, you know, one job, two, two of the jobs I was applying for an interpreter or translator position. Right. So it makes sense that they would. Hmm. Want you to do something, you know, yeah. to prove that you could actually speak it. So, right. um, I, I mean, of course, the, the reason I was able to speak was because I had taken the courses. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, at the end of the day, just like a huge range of majors now or degrees, it doesn't really matter. Hmm. What they want to know is, can you do it? And if I would have just been able to speak, then they would have given me an advantage. So I guess what I'm getting at yeah, is... Yeah, if you were to speak to your past self, what what would you say? Oh, just forget about the well, four years my of past university. Self, my past self, well, I've always been... Whatever I do, I do full bore. Okay, um, right. I know that about you. Yeah, yeah. I, I obsess about things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the minute that I wanted to do to study Japanese, I wanted to 
become fluent in Japanese and be an interpreter, or a translator, or something, something like that. Right. That Fully was the, that was the, goal. the skill, the language. Um, yeah, but in reality, you would be able to like say in the Columbus area where like hmm. Japanese automotive's huge. Yeah. There's a number of companies that you would being a mechanical engineer, for example. Yeah, yeah. I mean, any any job that you were looking for, if you could also put on your resume like, hey, I I have conversational Japanese. Right. That's a huge you know doing a, a couple of years yeah maybe I mean, even so taking many... time to take a couple of years worth of language and maybe doing like a a fifth year to finish your undergrad even something like that yeah well just yeah. some there's just so many companies that have a lot of japanese expats yeah. and some of them you know the the english isn't there yet um and even just being able to you know, say hey in the morning, and you know, right. hey, did you see the game, or you know, any number oh, yeah. of things like, do you want some of this? You know, like yeah. just basic phrases um, would help not only get you in places, I think, um, but just having those communication skills and ability to connect to the people that are, right. you know, ultimately in charge of most of those companies. Um, you know, it, it helps. It helps for sure. Yeah, I mean, you've experienced firsthand. What I've noticed is you went into the first Japanese company you went into right after college, right? You pretty much did college, you got out of three years, and then you pretty much got a job. Yeah, right? I think it was like a maybe not a, much of a gap. Well, it was a half a year about that I did some temp work That's for like a bank. Yeah, less than a year. Yeah, less than a year. I found a job for mm -hmm. a permanent job. Japanese utilized your 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 full undergrad uh, major skills. Yeah, I would All, say like so, Like, you yeah. just fully utilized. Like, oh, like, you constantly were tested on your, your language skills, For which sure. is your studies, and you're conversing with natives. Um, and so that's why... It was definitely intense, too, just because it was so different. It wasn't, like, yeah. college Japanese, either. It was... It then transitioned to not even business Japanese, but the manufacturing business Japanese, right. which is completely different than like bank bank business Japanese or but whatever you're, you know. You're more blue collar working Japanese, hmm. so to speak, but still right. the corporate offices right. of it. But any kind of like any of your peers that knew engineering would be able to speak that a little bit. They would know a subset of that language that they spoke at sure, the same yeah. time too, or anyone that does. Maybe someone that's like handy with their mechanical, like the, with their mechanical, like linguistics almost, um, might understand. Because I have that curve, I have that learning curve to, to deal with too, mm -hmm. is, is understanding like uh, Honda, Honda language, mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. which is English, Japanese, mix, doesn't matter. It's still hard. Like, it's oh, still, yeah, they, you know, taking still, terms from both, like the, yeah. the English-speaking English people taking some Japanese terms and vice right. versa, yeah. There's that, and then also just understanding the system and not just the words and the conversion of the words. It's kind of like what the words mean together because at some point the language doesn't help. Like, it doesn't know that you know that transmitter is... Is this, <clears throat> you know, that Hatsudenki is generator or something? Yeah, like, who cares? Like, would say, you know what a generator you can does? Just say or something, and it'll probably go. And, and, right? Well, <laughs> that and and that's true, but also like, do you know what a transmitter does? Do you mm -hmm. know what transmitting is? Do you know what the transmission is 
is from and to like there's there's so much of a system where an engineer would be like oh i suck at english as a japanese person but i know what you're talking about because i work cars too <laughs> yeah and so there's like that sort of non-language lots of picture drawing lots of picture drawing yeah. lots of visual presentations yeah. if you know acad or other you know modeling design software you could just not speak language and just yeah. freaking like shut up and show them the thing yeah. and be like numbers <laughs> there's letters we can refer to yeah you yeah. know it's just like there's there's a quick and easy way to do it yeah um but ultimately i mean i think that you know coming full circle i think that these classes you know it, it, it you know obviously we're both from kind of you know a manufacturing japanese background but you know our right. own personal experiences you know we get interested in different things so i'm of sure course. that you're talking about art and things like that and i think well one thing that i want to provide with the japanese classes it's not necessarily automotive, but I want to keep it at that professional level. Because I think one thing we've been talking about with the COVID, jobs the COVID. are changing. The COVID. The COVID. Uh, <laughs> Japanese, not Japanese, uh, work and school is forever changed. Maybe, right? We're, we're always going to have more remote options. And we wanna, we're going to like lean into our virtual reality of some sorts. Like... Just having Zoom is virtual reality. It's oh, like yeah, interacting sure. yeah. with something digitally that's real, kind of, uh, or it is real. I mean, however you want to see <laughs> it. But is the Matrix real? But the one thing that doesn't change with Japanese language is a certain sense of like politeness, like a, a business talk. Um, and I think For sure. in in this new like even just in America, just in the cross section of America. There's like a Zoom politeness. You know, anyone that's been in a group meeting of five or more people, even if it's just friends, but like especially if it's business, you have to know when to shut up. You know, you have to know uh, when it's your turn to speak. You have to like account for like uh, like noise and, um, you know, things cutting in and out and that kind of thing. But... Um, you know, you kind of lost me there. I kinda, what was yeah, the end of it? I, I kind of. <laughs> now I, I got sorry, I lost my train of thought. But the Japanese. Not just class. you're t trying to keep the Japanese classes more professional. Like yeah, you're sorry. Not, yeah. So there's a professionality with the Zoom conferences. With COVID happening, there's still a need for like business Japanese and like staying professional. And I think that's what we're going to really provide. Yeah. And I think that's what the majority of the people like. You know, even though we're doing it online, I think that people, you know, just the way like Google searches and stuff work, et cetera, you know, and word of mouth also right. happens. I think that a lot of, you know, the potential students are here in the Columbus area. Hmm. And, um, you know, obviously it doesn't need to be, you know, online right. you can be anywhere in the world. But, exactly. um, you know, if it is like word of mouth or something and, you know, somebody knows somebody and they want to take a course and hmm. you're in the Columbus area, I think that the vast majority of people will probably be searching for some people that are looking to learn some Japanese yeah. are looking for a way to use that in their in their work lives yeah um, you know certainly there's probably some people that are just you know like oh, like you said they really like anime or right. or you know they want to read some manga or something yeah. like that I think that that's totally but fine if it's too real interaction that you're looking for which to me I can't imagine at a real basic level why you would want to learn a language that you couldn't use unless it were something like latin 
Um, <laughs> yeah, dead language or something. When you're literally just looking at script, which sometimes I understand some people are more interested in literature, history, poetry, um, and so they actually just want to read a language. I get that. Or even just like the art of like kanji and stuff like that. Sure. Like that too. That's why like, I think like yeah. uh, Maki doing uh, the art class of doing cal Japanese calligraphy yes. would be super popular. I would hope so. Because um, I even like I, I can you know write kanji in a computer. You know I can right. hardly handwrite kanji at all now. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know I think it would be totally cool. Yeah. I. You know, once we start off, once we once we can counteract this sort of like shift in education, um, and we start to utilize our resources, you know, I can develop um, text and we can make a PDF. I could, you know, distribute that out. We could have we can make videos. I can, I can do some animation. Um, we can really create a whole curriculum, you know, and really make Japanese kind of that community effort, kind of, uh, have multiple teachers, have different students, <clears throat> you know, um, and really it's not going to be about having grades and being assessed as much as yeah there's really no point on that if you're coming voluntarily right and you're just like yeah. you just want to learn a skill right. it's up to you whether you learn it or not we can right. only present the information but it eliminates the whole like um kind of corporate structure so to speak with right. lack of a better term with with uh, academics where it's like the teachers are pushing for good grades because they need to have students have good grades because that's how they're evaluated too it's like right. we remove all that evaluation to it's just like well you know if you don't get what you want out of this course it's it's really on you know the onus is on you yeah i mean like but like we're, we're gonna we're gonna be presenting it. good information yeah, i think so i mean we've yeah. we've gotten trained by the best in this area for, right but you know bar none i think right. osu is one of the best programs for japanese and, oh yeah in the, on the east coast yeah if you think and we have coast, a lot of resources but, we have people resources we have natives um you know we're studied we're interested and we're creative you know um I think we can all provide something and the more what I've and you know I've 10 years experience tutoring and teaching English and Japanese over the years and really the best way to learn a language is to have as many dimensions of it as you can um, just like when you study anything you know like let's say you're just someone who's trying to play football on a college team or something really what you're gonna do is you're gonna practice a lot you're gonna play a lot you're going to watch a lot of football. You're going to think about it. You're going to read about it. You're going to talk about it. Um, that's what the best do. And that doesn't matter what the what the thing is. Um, and with Japanese, that could be kind of hard. I mean, if you go to Japan, you know, yeah, plop yourself there if you can. But I think we really want to... It's uh, Good luck nowadays. Well, good luck. Yeah, <laughs> first of all, good luck traveling. But second of all, we're in a... I think we're in a future where we need to utilize the idea of hacking better. You know, like with Zoom, Life with hacks. cameras. You know, there's yeah. Not there's, the Hacker Man '90s lectures. No, I life hacks. <laughs> sure, that's that's. It's it's still the same thing. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's I just uh that. yeah. It's the white. What is it? The white knight hack. The white hackers. Um, hmm? those are the ones that like that. That get the uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, oh, the good hackers, ethical yeah. hackers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, ones yeah. that try to like 
break into a system to tell you where the weaknesses are to let you know right. you need to be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, life hacks, I guess. Um, we could hack into that sort of that Japanese culture that you need to be able to like really immerse yourself and and if we could do it with a combination of like live but also digital um, then we start to create you know different ways where we create pen pals you know Tony you and I have like talked about this before where we start to create video pals you know like now that we're in zoom um, you know, even like YouTube, let's say like, or something like uh, Rosetta Stone. It's like a great computer program. Like, yeah, whatever happened to Rosetta Stone? I never see those commercials anymore. No, well, <laughs> Maybe they're pretty I don't expensive, and you could just download it for illegally pretty easily. They've got to have moved to a subscription model by now, it's right? You would whatever think. it yeah. is now. It doesn't matter, but there's no live. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But oh, yeah, I don't, I don't I imagine there would be. That's kind of like the weird part about that is... In order to develop something like a language, you need to develop some friendly faces, and I think what we, that's what we're trying to do, right? Like yeah. we're trying to have a variety of like speakers, um, and you know, virtually we can go anywhere together. I would say. I mean, if we all like even visit something like a like a virtual tour um, together of of some kind of like Fuji mountaintop view or something. Um, there's different ways to sort of experience Japan together virtually. So, yeah. yeah I look just, forward to that. I just did a quick search of that because I was curious. Um, Rosetta Stone, uh, three months of Japanese. Uh, it would you, So you have to commit to three months of your courses. It's $12 a month. Um, but that's not going to include anything like, you know actually talking with it. You know, you just get kind of, you know, uh, access to the software, essentially, like, you know, your, your, your computer lessons. Um, yeah, and then, you know, you could do it for 12, 12 months, and uh, it's 15 bucks a month, or a lifetime for 200 bucks. Oh, actually, oh, well, you know what? That, not, not to make this an ad for Rosetta Stone, but that's unlimited languages. So, like, oh. 200 bucks, one time, unlimited languages. You could be all the languages. Yeah. But I just like personally, I, I can I can say from experience um, that I don't learn from a book. Right. Um, especially language. Right. Uh, or a computer screen, like your your device. I screen. hope I didn't just say especially, but especially. I don't think especially. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> especially languages, uh, because I have. But you would agree tried. that a tablet. A device is the same as a book, right? Or it's, yeah, it's yeah, different. Same, yeah, exactly. But well, like, I've learned from videos. Yeah. I've learned sure. from videos. Uh, not so much language. But you, even from the videos, this is my argument. As a pedagogue, you know, as someone who's who studies kind of like the fine science of learning, if you will, or the fine art of reading your students and understanding, um, I think... Shit, I just lost, lost my train of thought. Videos are bad. Videos. That's what you're saying. Uh, the learning devices, you have to have, like, something else. You have to be physically acting, you know? You have to, like, work with the videos or something. Um, and I think having, like, tactile classes um, paired up, you know, with the lectures or, like, with sort of like taking in media 
you need to like practice it in a different way and you have to try it out in different dimensions whether it's like video or like writing or um, you know doing your own research on your own as homework you know those those are all sort of like dimensionalities of, yeah. of learning yeah, I completely agree like so. the well what I was kind of getting at too was not you know when I was saying not learning from a book of course I learned I had a book um, but that was just to prepare me for the upcoming class and my biggest motivation for learning Japanese or, or not so much learning Japanese because that's a that's a wider overarching goal but like okay. my biggest my my what I wanted to do, what made me prepare for the next class hmm. was to avoid the situation of a native speaker says something to me and I don't understand it hmm. or I don't know how to respond to it right. or right. I say something to a native speaker hmm. and I get nothing in response because it was incoherent hmm. or something, you know what I mean, it's kind of like okay. that bad dream of like, okay. you know, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Hmm. So like my biggest like thing was failure at it. Really was just, yeah, it wasn't like I wasn't afraid of failing. Hmm. I mean, I guess over you know I was going to college. I didn't want to fail, of course. But right. no, failing at an interaction. Yeah, even? my biggest yeah. my biggest motivation was yeah. beyond you know just wanting to learn Japanese was just to it was kind of like that avoiding shame of like you yeah. know like and welcome to Japan. When <laughs> speaking of shame, shame culture. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, I think, t to your point, the only way that I would have gotten that, it, it didn't need to be college, it just needed to be speaking with a native speaker. Right. And mm -hmm. so if you have just a moment, you know, like we're going to have, uh, you know, like people remote in on Skype, or, you know, you, yeah. you know your mom's a native speaker, she yeah. can make an appearance, you know. Oh, yeah, and just, she'll make many. You know, when when you're talking to a native speaker, you know, it's it's a little bit intense at first even right. though you know maybe it's not an intense person at all right. um, but you know it's it's kind of stressful but getting used to that stress um, and being able to just you know what I, I'm gonna try to use this language thing that I learned you know like yeah. um, y you know making that jump really connects things in my brain at least right like I have the you know you might have the knowledge base the book learning hmm. but until you actually like get face to face with even even if you're not even if it's not a native speaker, you know, just like somebody that's teaching you Japanese, and yep. you're going like, "Hey, we're only talking Japanese now." Right. The experiential um, yeah. learning, making that a little bit of stress, kind of mm -hmm. welds those points together mm -hmm. in my brain, you know. There you and, go. And without that, mm -hmm. um, I don't think, I don't think that I would learn. Read just reading, yeah, um, limits that kind of those neural networks. The, yeah. the welding of the, the pipes, in your analogy, would be the, the neural network connections. Um, every sentence, like you could, you could break down every interaction as performed culture. For example, if I, if I were to get hoity-toity, no, Galau Walker, the, uh, I, I believe he's still like the um, I don't remember that East name. Asian language for Chinese. He's the oh. head of the Chinese department, Galau Walker. Um, I only remember the name. As Unger. opposed to Mari, I thought he was fairly high up there. I'm sorry, Unger. Okay. Uh, James, he was James Unger. Chinese. He he was he was he was, he was never the uh, the 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 director or the um, but he was a uh, he actually I believe isn't there anymore. Maybe he's like moved to Hawaii or Portland. I, I know he talked about another university. Yeah, because uh, he has taught in Hawaii before. The University yeah. of Hawaii. They have a huge oh. Japanese program there, right? Um, yeah, 
They have a isn't that where JSL was developed even? No, that was it was developed. Oh wait, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it's like Yale publisher, but yeah, I think it was developed in Hawaii maybe. Because I feel like that's what it says on the like, back. Um, right? Mari Noda was yeah, I think she was in Hawaii doing. I can't remember, but I don't I don't know. Don't quote me on any of this. Anyway, Galau Walker would refer to perform culture. Um, this was included in my thesis, my 160-page thesis about comic books representing... It, it, it was a thesis project, which is... <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Going off tangents. <laughs> Language is perform culture. And the more you can sort of, like, break down any kind of utterance... So you hear some Japanese people talking in Japanese... A Japanese conversation. If you could break down things like um, who's speaking, you know, who's being spoken to, who the audience is, um, the performed time, the performed place, and anything about the situation, the more you could break it down, the more you understand. And the more you feel like you're acting, you could be that speaker instead of just hearing the performance you could be part of the performance and OSU is all about that you know that's that's the one thing that um, kind of is a an interesting marriage of the <laughs> the main theses of the Chinese and Japanese departments at least with the the top people is is kind of like the the thesis of perform culture being kind of like the key towards language and then having JSL and also the Chinese textbook but I didn't get into the Mandarin textbook but it's supposedly it's it was developed by I heard it was similar out. like you know you talk about performance right. aspect of it and I mean there's literally scripts in every section they like, both have it's like all about remembering a script yeah. yeah looking at movies right. yeah getting and, to know characters exactly like learning yeah a learning story. their structure hierarchy all that good stuff yeah. uh, you know especially for something like Japanese where right. there's those levels of politeness and who you're talking to so there's oh that's the boss man or Right. Or lady, or this is you know the your superior, you know your immediate superior, and yeah. this is this is your inferior, so to speak, at work. You know, right. like um, yeah, there's literally scripts in there telling you you know which honorifics to use, and we keep yeah. on uh, saying JSL, but that's Japanese, the spoken language. Yeah. That's the textbook that we both used. Yeah. And, and, well, I mean, you obviously learned Japanese from growing up. I actually uh, did. I never read any of those books until grad school yeah, yeah. So i never used them to learn anything because i placed out of them freshman year of college um, but i did read all three of them and address and especially referenced book one i got mm -hmm. to know book one very well because it had all the um, kago or pro politeness language that i really needed to, to support my thesis mm -hmm. which yeah. uh but yeah, it's completely different. Where I started yeah. from complete nothing, right? Only, only learning on JSL, which is a good thing. Uh, to learn um, on. Which I mean, I think it's, I think it's the. I mean, I'm obviously going to be biased, but yeah. I, I, you know, going back, I've bought the other textbooks just because yeah. you know you kind of get in there. So I've bought yeah. Genji. You've done your own test. I've looked at Genji. Yeah. I've looked. Um, you know, there's a number of of uh, textbooks that I got right. in Japan to learn Japanese. You right. know, there's. The ones they said was the best What's the other one stuff? besides Genki? Genki. Oh, Genki is what I meant, not oh, Genji. Genki. Genki. And then... I feel like there was one other. There's something similar, like Taberu or something. I, 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 
there's been multiple books that I've yeah. looked at, and and they each have their strengths. Like I like Genki a little bit because right. it does have some. It certainly has more written Japanese mixed right. in there, and I think that's one of the things that you are passionate about, like making sure that. You know, there's still a, a focus on some. I'm some passionate stuff because too. it doesn't help when you go to Japan. And oh, you for can sure. attest to that. That was my you biggest told problem. Me about yeah, my, that was my biggest problem. Going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when I went, I mean, I went. So I, I already kind of alluded to this earlier, but I, you know, I did it. I transferred over to the Japanese department, and I completed the four years of Japanese in two years because I wanted to graduate as soon as possible because right. I was tired of college about of after my first year of college. <laughs> right. Um, I've always wanted to get out there and apply myself to things. Like, I just mm -hmm. didn't didn't get into school very much. Sure. Um, although I did well in school. It was strange. Well, I just, but, just um, to get out of there. Right? Yeah, just to get out of there. You know, if I failed, it wasn't going to get out of there quickly. So... Um, and, and I was interested. I mean, yeah. as long as it was Japanese related, I did well. I did not do well in like anthropology or oh, you, you know basic biology. You yeah, just like sort of I, blew those off. Uh, just, I like, mean, whatever. I bare minimum, just get C's. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I I wasn't going for. You don't want to fail because yeah. you don't want to have to take it again. And exactly. that's a motivator. That was that, that was a motivator. But um, you know, I I did like this the intense summer courses. So I, I went through all four years, all three books of JSL before I went to Japan. Not easy to get through. Um, There's a lot. Yeah, there. it's certainly not in two dance. years too. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, the summer courses are I think like seven weeks maybe, yeah. and I mean, you're talking eight hours of class. A now, day. would you say like that was just taking up? A large portion of your time at the time, if you remember when you were, I don't know, 20 the summer years, 19, 20, however old you were at the time. The summer courses? Yeah, or? the summer courses. Yeah, those yeah the summer courses, that's all you could do. It's yeah. just that. I mean, you, 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 you would just have work like, your schedule around that almost. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, you want to be able to work, I mean, mm -hmm. and also succeed. Um, because, <laughs> I mean, you would, I mean, you're taking like four of the core four like college classes every day right. that are Japanese um, and to prepare for those and you I just lived on the, the on campus I lived off of campus but okay. you know an apartment nearby okay um, so it wasn't a long commute no no because a 30 minute commute would probably be killer even I mean it still took about 30 minutes to ride my bike in or whatever okay. I'm sure but like um, you know you would start early and late um, it, but it would take you know I would say that for each each class, you know, it's a, you know, say it's like a 45 to 50 minute class, I would imagine. Right. Um, but I, I would easily say that it takes an hour of prep for that hour class. Yeah, minimum. You know, minimum, minimum. Yeah. And that's if you're and on so the if you're taking four that's classes, you're like kind of used to it. Yeah, so if you're yeah. taking four classes, you got two in the morning and two in the afternoon, you got a lunch break in there. So you got a full day of Japanese, and then you got to go home, and you got to study for another yeah. four hours, realistically. Right. I mean, I'm sure that there was, a, you know, more or less... Some days, but I, I certainly would say a minimum of three hours. I can right. say that for sure. Um, so you're talking about doing that. But then for like all your seven coworkers are weeks. talking about having takoyaki, takoyaki parties on Friday <laughs> nights, and you're like, how do you have time for that? You yeah, I mean, it was, all, it was all I did for summers, that's for sure. It was yeah. a full-time thing. But anyways, the, that sounds you know, rough. I, I think that JSL made me very you know proficient in speaking and listening, um, yeah, speaking and listening. And then you got really, I remember you saying you got really confident, as you should, with your speaking. 
and you were so pissed off when you went to Japan, and you're like, what the hell? Yeah, like, yeah. I tested, I tested it. And I'm sure people thought you years. spoke well, right? I mean, yeah. even then. It was, it was on, like, that's fine. It was honestly that's difficult. Good. It was honestly difficult for my my Japanese instructors in Japan to understand my situation uh, because they're like, you're fine. Wait, you, you're, we're speaking right now in Japanese right. and everything's fine. Like, I don't get why aren't you doing well in the, yeah, in the written you stuff. Read, you didn't learn reading in tandem. Yeah. You learned so much language they do before teach, you could read I mean, read not to shit much. all over OSU's no, program. They do learn some. a little bit. No, I've, but but I've read basics. through those workbooks. <laughs> yeah. And they go to a very low level when the speaking gets so advanced. Well, I mean, in the defense, Japanese, JSL book. is Japanese, the spoken language. I know. And it is definitely an emphasis on the spoken language. Yeah. <laughs> but. I think there is a JWL. There, well, yeah. And, and they got two books, but there's three. No, there's not much going on there. Yeah, there's not I've much I've seen there. them all. Yeah. I've seen them all. Those are the easiest books ever. And but that's. And it's, it doesn't even make sense for how difficult the whole language course is. The writing is almost blow-off, especially in the internet age. where you We can watch... put this up on YouTube easily as, like, uh, OSU Japanese Department Review. Let's see how many views that would get. But <laughs> let's focus in on the, our okay. own kind of, like, offering of um, our Japanese curriculum. Because sure. we're always going to... We might bash certain things of it, but we can't stop talking about JSL. Oh, it's still a great program. And how much we're going to refer to it a lot. You know, we're going to build our own curriculum. We're going to use our own language, but we're forever sort of like, um, like influenced by the curriculum. And we want that spirit of it going. Um, now, and I was just going to say, like, in the internet age, that that even sounds kind of old. Yeah, Corona, like uh, I don't know, like social media, um, kind of more direct, you know, direct media age maybe. Like we're 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 we have much more of a direct link to a lot of media on our person at all time. I think if we adapt with that, kind of like skip all the tedious stuff. Like if you want to learn kanji, get some app. And swipe left and right for kanji. I'm sure there's shit out there that you could just memorize a bunch of kanji. If that's what you want, go ahead. But I'm here to teach you Japanese. Like, not to, like, go over the kana. Well, not just that, but just, like, (laughs) we're not going to go over write this and write that. We're not going to go over, like, all these terms. Um, I think we're going to be adapting to you do the studying. We'll fill in your questions and like we'll have you know we'll have a basic course of action but I really like to just attack from all sides and see what the student can do and well from what I've seen of the previews of the course stuff that you've been drawing up pretty much anything that anything that we would teach you how to say we're also going to show you how it looks in written word for the most part. Oh yeah, um, that's really important. For and me. even yeah. if you're even if you're not writing that down or you're not even reading it, um, it kind of gives you an idea of what that looks like. And for the interested student, um, you know you can you know there's breakdowns of it, and, and of course you know you have to teach the basics like hiragana and katakana right. and the phonetic um, phonetic languages. And you don't have to teach like it. The student just has to learn that. It's the what I'm saying in this. I'm gonna call it 
direct media age, um, you used to have to teach that stuff. Now that should be up to the student because the teacher should be everything you can't do, which is less. There's honestly less that can't be found through apps and mm -hmm. YouTubes and stuff, right? Just basically being like a resource for questions directly. It's it's the putting it together that requires a human support, mm. you know. And I want to yeah. be that. Also introductions to things, but also but showing you where to look online for some of that, that stuff. That too, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, because it's really I don't want to waste my time or the students' time on stuff that's so hard and tedious, but not so much explained. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of like how do you, you know. Like, let's say just, like, learning, like, karate katas, like the, just like the full range of a, of a karate um, set of, like, moves. You could explain that all you want, and you could even show that all you want, mm -hmm. but until you just, like, practice it and learn it and do it, not that I don't even know katas, I think I kind of tried to learn one once when I was a kid, but, like, that's what language is, I think. It's a series of katas. Like, um, you have to just keep doing it and practicing it and saying it, because even if you think you remember, "sumimasen" means this and that. You haven't seen all the instances of it. You haven't said it in live context. Yeah. You know, there's practice, and then you know, and it's like baseball. It's like you could toss around a baseball or hit bats or hit hit balls at a at a batting cage all you want. But, like, if you're not playing in a game with a score <laughs> and a yeah. ref and, like, a coach and an audience, yeah. you haven't played yet. Yeah. You could... For sure. The batting cages, you can go to a million and still never play baseball. Yeah. I mean, I could watch videos all day of, like, how to do, like, hip-hop dancing, and I'm, I'm fairly certain that I wouldn't be able to be and passable with that. And even if you practice that. at home, you're still not dancing... In some kind of audience. with an instructor, like on telling a stage. you, yeah, well, giving yeah, you yeah. feedback, sure. giving you feedback on yeah. how you're doing. And there's the feedback, right? The feedback loop, and also the live aspect. There's so many aspects that yeah, knowing that you have a show coming up, you right. know, or you know, some, you know, in the, in this context, it'd be like your trip to Japan or right. your job interview or yeah. you know, once we start going back into the office more, you know, saying hey to your boss or you know whatever. I say if we embrace this, you know. The technology. I mean, virtual reality is there, and we have creative. We have creative people in this group. This art love collective. If we kind of go in hard with using basic um, avatars and creating basic spaces, I mean, teaching Japanese in a virtual scape, and then putting ourselves. And for example, well, like you like said, like, like not everybody's not everybody's got the headsets and stuff now. So no. like when you say virtual reality, we're just yeah. talking about even just online, you know, like the video, like interactive yeah. videos, yeah. you know, like like a Skype thing or yeah. you know, you know, being, yeah, just there's there's that interactive portion yeah. of it while still no, being not well, even okay. So maybe a little further in the future, but if we could, for example, go through an Edo period temple and see like royalty back then oh that's actually and a super cool idea learn history yeah. and have a japanese lesson you know yeah let's say like, five years there's from already now. there's I, I was just doing it the other day where you could in virtual reality with the headset obviously you could drop yourself down on this in a street of in the streets of tokyo yeah and you could walk down a block 
you know, you, they had the whole thing mapped out yep. in virtual reality. So, like, right. here's a good test. Like, what do you think that shop sells? Right. You know, like, the, the, you can't really see through the windows. You know, you're just seeing the storefront. So, what is it? Oh, it says Bob and nice. You know, like, yeah. like, is, like little things like that would, oh, yeah. would help build your confidence, you yeah. know, before you're going on that trip or whatever. I think it'd be cool. I'd like to bring all these experiences, you know, that dreamy state of being in Japan, you know, just just really walking somewhere that's not, that's so unlike home, where it's just like, there's nothing reminiscing of home, but there's something really cool. There's a whole world. Maybe mm -hmm. that's it. It's not home, but it's a whole world. It's funny, you could, well, because obviously this is your home now, but, like, what, you were born in, how long were you in Japan? I was there until I was five. Five, right, um, yeah. And then moved to Ohio. And then when was the next time that you went back to Japan after you came? Three years after that. I went when I was eight. For, and like, then, a summer or something? Yeah, or? I've been back, I always say at this point, like, I've been back probably 20 times throughout my life. Yeah. Just almost every year and a half or something, um... Sometimes yeah, if more I think frequently. About it, when you put it like that, I've probably only been to Japan was one, maybe like five times. Okay. Yeah. And, only? And, That's a lot. Well, yeah. I mean, considering, I mean, I'm, my, most of mine were paid by family and stuff. You know, it's just like yeah. Well, the only year. one time was it under uh, for myself. So all the other times it was a business trip that I would like oh, extend right. or something right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah the, the only once for college did I go. Yeah. And that was and that was just for six months. No. It was supposed to be a year, and I got out early because I could graduate. Yeah. All right, well, why don't we wrap this up? We've yeah. probably yeah. quite a well, while. We're, we're at a, uh, about an hour. Oh, okay. A little over an hour. Oh, okay. Yeah, about an hour 15 almost. That wasn't as, um, okay, draining as I thought. It goes quick. Yeah, um, but I'm really excited about the Japanese classes. I think we kind of talked through a lot of things. Yeah, that seemed to end up being our focus today. That's yeah. For sure. and, but we got uh, a lot of other stuff to talk about. You know, we'll just have to save it for another time. Yeah, we, we got, got like the art lessons, got, you know, so spring events. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about, you know, like my side hustle really much. 3D printing. Yeah, I mean, um, there's so much stuff there to talk about. Um, uh, you know. We were going to have other guests. We didn't even mention the vegan sushi that will be available in the in the, the Japanese classes Saturday evenings. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So, and I'm, maybe I was not a believer of, of the vegan stuff until this last event, man. That burrito, like the vegan Mexican melt from... We're talking about Tofu Louie. Yeah. I call him an alchemist because he turns base metals into gold or... Uh, plant food into cheese and meat somehow. I'm certainly, like, this, <laughs> I'm certainly never going to become a vegan. It, but but, if, but I, if you were, if I were, I would definitely want him to be cooking dude, for me. But like, it wouldn't be so bad, would it? Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna. If why well, I, I would. So Stephen, know. my brother Stephen lived in Boston, and I've been to this place. There was a uh, a '50s diner, just a kitschy '50s diner, all vegan food, and all comfort. It was all like mac and cheese, and they're just like it's not even healthy. There's a lot of grease. Yeah, in it. like it's like salt and grease but you know vegan vegans need that but you would have yeah. like mac and cheese and meatloaf type things and it just a lot of it was deep battered stuff but it tasted fucking great yeah yeah <laughs> and, it, and it really was one of those and like like spaghetti and meatballs whatever like just stuff where it's just like wow like even though i'm usually eating lentil patties and um soybean i don't know just <laughs> boring vegan food you can go to this place every once in a while maybe yeah. like 
learn one of these things. Well, I mean, I was just shocked by a Mexican melt because, I mean, it was essentially like a beef burrito, right? So, like, yeah. I was like, okay. In my, in my mind, I was just like, how? All right, so beef, that's got to so suck. The beef and cheese, was... that's got to suck. Sour cream, you can't have that, so remember, that's got to suck. So do you remember what the beef but it was and all cheese great. and sour cream were made uh, of? Well, so the, the beef was like seasoned oats. That he dehydrated somewhat to make it into a patty of sorts, yeah, I think. Yeah, well, yeah. or hydrated a little bit to kind of... Is that what it was? The, well, now he had to cook it down or something. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. It didn't have... It's magic. It didn't have the texture of ground beef. You're not going to get that. Kind of though. I mean, I it, mean for oats. It I almost mean, seemed like a, but it had a euro the kind of. Um, yeah, I suppose. A euro meat kind of, like a, a slice off of like a mashing. Yeah. Of meat. I mean, it certainly had the season. The, it had the flavor of right. ground beef to me. Like, right. you could tell it wasn't beef, but it it was close. It was very close. For, and for not oats, having any meat, it was surprising. And not having it be soy. soy oh, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a meat replacement thing. Yeah. Soy can be disappointing but like oats it's sort of this welcoming like it's oats it's got I mean, some like, chew to I, it I like yeah. Oats. Like, yeah it's it wasn't tofu either i mean it no. wasn't well, that's know. what i mean with uh, tofu yeah so like, no sorry yeah, soy true, based yeah. to me is like that cheapskate meat it really yep. is yeah and i like i like straight edamame which is like you know just green um salted like soybeans in the pods but and i like tofu but i don't like fake meat Mm. I like Japanese tofu. That's like it tastes good. It's it's yeah. good stuff. But like, you have enough soy burgers. You're like, oh my god, yeah. just give me a burger. Give me tofu. Like I don't like this. You, it's it's not you, soy. That's that's not who you are. Yeah. Well, I just thought that for sure. Like I thought that I would miss the the beef. Yeah. Which I mean, still kind of miss the beef. I mean, I'm not just gonna lie. in that. But yeah, amount, but but yeah. like, but it still works. Um, yeah. But like, um, the cheese. Right. Uh, so there wasn't cheese. I think it was all like a nut-based paste. It was cashews and uh, sesame seeds. Yeah, I and mean, one but of that gave it. Like, other... It was so creamy. Yeah. It, it mm -hmm. tasted like kind right. of like a cheesy yeah. spread or and something. And what helped is he did the steaming. And if you noticed, he had like a, a deep pot of water boiling, and then one of those. Like, um, like a like a like a steam bun um, top yeah, of the yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, He steamed the it. burritos yeah. in there, so the tortillas were really gooey. He definitely. It's funny because he's told me he's been vegan for years, um, but he misses certain foods, and one of them, one of them sushi, and one of them's mexamelts. Yeah, and so he hasn't broken his own um, commitment to the diet um but is he's he's a chemist you know yeah. he has his his something in there tasted like sour cream too i don't know if it was all just in that nut paste stuff but like i did not miss much that's like, what i'm for saying a vegan he, burrito, it was and that's crazy. what i'm really excited about the vegan sushi because i haven't oh, had that yet well because he was already telling us what he's what's in there so rice obviously is good but like you know instead of like yeah. you know um like instead of uh uh, what was it urchin oh. for one of them well it wasn't urchin it was um maybe it was like for, i know that one the of them who did like mushrooms is... instead one right of them he did oh mushroom. that was he said king oyster mushrooms for scallops for scallops yeah right and, and that Which would kind of get that chew yeah i think they would work with the japanese classes he said he's going to do a spicy tuna and a spicy salmon um and what was the replacement for the fish i know that for tuna it was tomato that he like halfway dehydrates or something 
Mm-hmm. I don't even understand. I mean, I know that dehydrates means, you know, you're sucking up the but moisture. But it's not dry, like, not dried tomato. He says yeah. that it's deceptively, deceptively, uh, like the, especially the texture of the, of raw fish, mm-hmm. which I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Just, I'm just, to me, that's just exciting to taste. Um, yeah, I mean, and, yeah. and to the point, like, I, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself a fan of vegan food. Like, I'm never yeah. going to go but to that. But it's vegetable on rice. You know, it's to me, it's like, it's not even vegan food. It's just food. It just yeah, happens yeah, yeah. to not have Well, I'm just saying food. that, like, yeah. I, I'm never going to go to a restaurant and be yeah. like, what's, I'm going to try the vegan dish. No, sure. Like, I'm going to be like, uh, yeah. the steak, please. Yeah. But, but yeah. if I was going to, you know, if I was going out for, like, an art lesson or something yeah. like that, or anything, really, right. like a night out, and somebody, there was just some, like, you know, included in the lesson, there was a table over there that had yeah. some vegan food. You know, it's just interesting, something new. Yeah. Um, hell yeah, I'll try some. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. But anyways, I guess I went on too long about all of a sudden talking about the vegan food. But, nah. Um, I that'll be a part of, you know, your events because you, 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 yeah. you and Tofu Louie, like, oh, yeah. talk a lot. And he's, have, he's totally involved in the he's very collective involved. a bit. So. Yeah, he's, uh, we have a pact where you know, he's a chef and I'm an artist and we were introduced that way. And, uh, Culinary artist. Yeah. They're I both mean, artists. They're both artists. You're an yeah, artist, too. You make a bunch of toys out of 3D <laughs> spools of, um, you know, filament. But anyway, he's uh, he says he's willing to keep making food for events and stuff. And I'm always up for making designs for him and, you know, art directorial stuff. But fundamentally, the common thing between you, me, uh, Tofu Louie, and a lot of others of us, uh, we believe in this. You know, we believe in something we believe in being able to give to the community through art and also a way out of the you know standard dreaded (laughs) yeah stuck in like stuck in a job that you that you feel like you have to do and you're it's more about following directions than it is about kind of like stretching your potential And and i think we all humans inherently we have like a sort of concept of our potential and like what we're capable of doing and what makes us happy and what would allow us to be able to like do what we really want to do and be happy, blah, blah, blah. And I don't think that answer is really in being locked into this sort of like weekly scheduled duties, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, And so like anything that gets out of that, and we can still be part of the economy, you know. I mean, that's that's. I think that's ultimately it. Is yeah. you have to nestle your way. There's, look at. To me, I draw inspiration from early 1900 America, 1900s America, where all these, uh, we had like a rush of, um, people coming in through the East Coast and then starting up businesses. Like, oh, like uh, I'm from Switzerland and. My grandfather made chocolate then, so I'm going to become a chocolatier, whatever that is. And that multiplied in all different dimensions, whether you're a shoemaker or an accountant or whatever. Um, I want to bring that vibe back instead of like what our parents told us to do, which was just go to school. Yeah, go to college. And then like finish school and then find a job and hope and pray. That you can stay there forever. Yeah, it's like, what? (laughs) Versus like... Use whatever money you have and get wherever you can be and then work really hard and don't give up on that dream. 
because there's a way in out there. Like to me, I'm starting to believe that. Maybe I'm starting to believe that again as an American, not even in my own lifetime, but just sort of that spirit, what we're supposed to be doing, don't yeah. you think? Yeah. Um, well, I think there's just a whole, obviously you just hit like a whole bunch of points that, you know, we can flesh out more and, and you know, more and more podcasts, you know, and different guests and stuff yeah. like that, because everybody brings out something something else that you can build on on that. Yeah. I mean, whether it's it's building a small business, I think there's a lot of people out there, you know, trying to do that sort of thing, so we can talk about, you know, how we're trying to grow our businesses, um, you know, and expanding. And we're supporting um, each other like as our, artists. Yeah, that's true. Like, yeah. we have musicians w- here. That's working with people has been the biggest, you know, I've only been doing... You know, my side hustle for a little over two years now. And, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned. But I would say one of the biggest ones is is that is how important people around you are. Um, hmm. Because you're never going to just be self-contained and succeed, I think, in no. business. Because business inherently... You mean when you stop, when you think you can do it yourself? Yeah, kind of yeah well, because inherently... Even if even if you didn't necessarily need like an employee, because right. um, I'm still the only I'm a one man show right. technically. But um, you know, if I didn't have the network that I had, you know, talking yeah. with people, even your brother, your brothers, I think they've kind of given you tips about yeah website business, help, marketing, yeah marketing, that kind of stuff, which yeah. is a big part of your business, of course, yeah. everyone's business at this point. But like, find you know a huge source of business. Like you, you do a job for some company, and they recommend you to another one, and another, and another, and it builds like that. Right. I mean, I think that's got to be how. That's certainly how I've vibe. seen growth. It's you have a friendly, I... professional vibe, and I, I definitely that rubs off on me for sure. I try to keep that friendly, professional. Which means making your friends a little more accountable and making your business associates a little more friendly too. It's kind of like yeah. it's always getting better. If they're not going like, to get friendly at all, then you know, yeah, you don't need to do that. Second and job also, with them, but I think the other side too. Some of your friends, it's like they're not going to pick all up on you the business. Had was, yeah. That's what she said. Jokes, <laughs> which we all hey, we all love it. That's what she said. Good. Joke. That's what she said. Joke, but. If that's what you have, and then like maybe basketball, and then that's it. It's kind of like, hmm, I don't know. You're not really growing as a, uh, you know, you're not trying to like build your own business. You're not trying to get self-employed. You're not trying to, you know, find a good like side hustle money kind of thing, or just find some kind of purpose and meaning beyond <laughs> a weekend warrior, whatever it is. Just like boring life, like. Trying to do something hey, beyond I think that if just it works for you, it works for you. I guess. Um, you know, that's not what we're. For. I just I don't think of, anyone listening to this. Yeah. Wants that. Yeah. I think I, we're all I'm trying to get out of. I'm certain that that's true. Yeah. I'm I'm certainly friends with people that are are completely satisfied with doing the nine to five. It seems, I it's completely foreign to me. Even though I, I mean I've done it. You know, for the past 10 years, sometimes but like, that's all you want. Even um, doing it, like yeah. even toughing it out, like I get bored so quickly. It's like and not just not just like oh today's yeah. boring, but like after you know two years of doing something generally the same, I'm just like I got to do something else. Right. Like I don't care if I'm if I've been. I mean, like the last job that I quit, I was you know moving up management. Right. Um, you know, I was I was definitely marked as like oh you know you're gonna move up this corporate ladder. You I know, see it as aging. I was just like I see it as aging. Nah. If you're, that's how I felt. Maybe especially looking back. Getting sick, aging—it's—it's it's whatever you want to call it—deterioration, 
whether it's physical, emotional, like spiritual level of just like suffocation, you know, like, mm. and maybe not everyone feels that, but I get a feeling that people are feeling that more and more, yeah. especially with, I don't know, COVID just aggravated. Everything. I got to imagine but, working from home, people feel that way more and more like that. They'd be like, That's well, be wait, I love working from home and mm. I like being able to spend more time with my family or, you know, I certainly never want to go back to the, I, I, I know I've talked to a lot of people that say yeah. that, like, I never want to go back to the office. Uh, it's funny that you say this because earlier today I was just talking to a group of friends on, on a video call and there was a, at least with a few of the people, there was a unanimous agreement that, um, they're more remote, and God, they miss being around people. Really? Yeah. And I don't, I don't doubt that being because around some people, people. I think you socialize well enough. Well, they both would prefer to be in their own in their workspaces cube. more. Wow. Yeah. Um, now they teach, and they really enjoy their workspaces. So. Oh well, being in a classroom, I think, is a super social well, environment. And some people like their work environments yeah. too. And the, you know that's not a. I name. can't relate with those losers. No, I just yeah. Can't relate with them, but. Yeah, yeah. But the, I mean, you know, just it's kind of also. I personally am happier with a more remote. I'm a social guy, but I, I feel like I worked work. around yeah. it. Yeah, but or in during work, still remotely. I mean, like a lot of people do get all their kicks at work, kind of, <sighs> and so then sad. they like yeah. to be by themselves at home, for example, and yeah. then if everything's at home, it's like that's the only time I ever socialize. Because maybe you're married to the one other friend that you have beyond your coworkers, for yeah. example. Yeah. You know, and you know, we're both pretty social people, and uh, there's probably a lot of much more antisocial. I feel um, like all of my so like not all of it, but like a huge part of my social interactions have already been remote. Like even before COVID, like oh, you, you already know, had a yeah, like you know, online games, yep. uh, you know, talking yep. just Discord, a Discord channels, and stuff, like voice mm -hmm. chatting. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I you know, I agree. Talking I with mean, my brothers, I don't um, do the Pittsburgh. video games myself, yeah. but I do have ha I have had a lot of video, email, text communication. Yeah, like I'm less and less into the social media, like following people's walls but i am definitely connected with like the direct messaging of whatever oh, yeah, yeah, really yeah. um and you know we do a lot of like in here we share like folders and stuff like we we do a lot of like information passing here we've we've already developed a pretty good network yeah. um but it's really if you can accept that and do some meeting in person which i find important i mean we're in person here doing this podcast um and there's a which really, I'm that's sure just a limitation, even not even a limitation, but just because we wanted to, you know, set up some equipment and whatnot. But yeah. you could totally do it, you know, right. remotely as well. Yeah, and we've, you and I have had a lot of, we've had plenty of Skype things, right? Like, we've yeah, had yeah, yeah. many, many in our development of our game. <laughs> yeah. CryptoZoo, which still is in development. But, man, it's <laughs> hard to, soon. it's hard yeah. to make a strategic card and, you know, action figure based um, tabletop board game you know it's it's not easy yeah that's a yeah we'll leave it at that because that's a huge other topic of how much time and effort we put into that game and then kind of at the same time we're both starting you know the seeds of our current businesses too so it's one of those things where you're juggling a lot of things but we definitely want to keep up and and you know at one point do something with it I think we're both too ADD and <laughs> shiny <laughs> 
Um, and I don't know, thirsty for meaning too, kind of like a combination of that, or like some kind of purpose, some kind of meeting potential, whatever it is, whatever keeps driving us to like keep fucking doing it. Yeah. Um, and then finding other people dollar doing bills. it. I didn't see dollar bills coming in from working on crypto zoo. No. Um, <laughs> if that's a big motivator for me. <laughs> yeah, but it would come in the future if we completed it. We can. Yeah. yeah it'll. I think. I think. We're bringing a lot of energy into this. We're gonna, and I think we're providing, we're realizing we can really, especially if we come together, we can really fill up media um, with like this podcast, um, any kind of animations, any documentary documentaries we do, any music, will be things that I would like to find, that I'd like to stumble upon. Um, I'm a person I'd like to follow, um, I think you know, we believe in ourselves, and I think there's enough of us out there. And you know, like I, I'd be speaking to the people that maybe they are shut in, but maybe where they live, like they don't have as many. I don't know people to connect with. And like when you go to small towns, sometimes you have a limited amount of people you can really connect with. And we we live in a pretty populated Columbus area, and um, no, yeah, yeah, we're not, but we're not remote at all. But you know, I still do feel like it's rare how many how many of us keep gathering here like yeah that yeah, that have specific. a certain really shared commonality like very specific like we believe in being good and being creative it's real simple not much more than that we, we're pretty eclectic i'm not saying we're like yeah it's a lot of different people yeah yeah different personalities different types of art different right. mediums right yeah i mean yeah I mean, like the musician versus the painter alone. That's it's kind of different. Yeah, musicians, yeah. painters, photographers, three printers. Right. You know, more digital type stuff. And it's yeah. funny that language almost just fits right in. The language arts. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Like it's there's a creative. Approach well, to it. I think like a lot of you know there's a lot of culture built straight into art and vice versa. So yeah. it's like it's kind of intertwined fairly heavily, anyways. Yeah. The same types of people that like art and creativity like languages. That's what well, I feel like. I always uh, heard that too. It's like if you were, if you did well in band, you'd do well in Spanish. You know, like that sort mm. of thing. Like it's kind of the mm. same uh, areas of your brain, right? You know, Versus music, more art, and, and language. That's why it's all liberal art, kind of. Right. I think you know. It makes sense. But. Versus like experimental sciences, or like, and then I'd always. I'd always loop, we just keep going off tangents, history and literature seem to be grouped together. To me, it's the same thing. Um, it's, it's certainly, it's certainly like closely related. Yeah. It's like nonfiction and fiction, but it's stories and it's understanding complexities of like sequential characters, like sequential situations with specified characters, <clears throat> cause and effect. But yeah, language arts, creativity, um, that's what we're about. Yeah. That's a subsection of education that I think we're passionate about. Yeah. Well, we'll start getting that ready. We're yeah. going to have some like online stuff. Some We've had sign-ups at the events um, in person to get some interest, but if you're interested in taking the Japanese lessons, uh, can already get in touch with us via like the Facebook group, right? Yeah. Um, you can send messages directly to Mike there, mm -hmm. um, and then you have an email address too. What's your email? Let address? me say my email. Yeah, it's Amazon Michael L E A five one three at gmail dot com, 
M-L-E-A513 at gmail.com. So if you email me and then like uh, say in the subject that you're interested in either Japanese or art class, um, I give where our deal is if you sign up for the email list, which will keep blasting you information about uh, scheduling and that kind of stuff, but you get one free class. That's a $50 deal in person or a $40 deal on um, remote, you know, whatever our, vid our video ends up being. Um, but we'd love for you to come. You get one free lesson, so there's nothing to lose. Yeah, I've done that for 10 years. Anyone that I've tutored or taught, I always do the first lesson free. Yeah. And they always come back the second time. I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Tooting your own horn. But, but if you had uh, a good time the first time, exactly, you yeah. could not come back. But <laughs> if you had a good time, why not? Yeah. You know? And we're still working on the website, but it is up. It's artlovecollective.com. Yep. And there's a contact me thing at the bottom of the screen there, too. So if you just, like, type in Japanese and hit send, um, you don't need to type a big, long message. Message Just type in Japanese or art or whatever, yep. um, and we'll get the message there. I'm like, oh, we need to send you information on yeah. Japanese lessons, or yeah. we need to send you, uh, you know, art lessons information. Um, so you can drop a line there. Yeah. Uh, and then I got to get my own shameless plug in here. Uh, I do, like I said, 3D scanning and 3D printing. Yeah. So, you know, if you, you know, broke something or... Protocept. Yeah, Protocept LLC. Um, that's protoceptllc.com. So P-R-O-T-O-C-E-P-T-L-L-C.com. Um, I got a contact me thing there um, as well, but my email is tony.dean, T-O-N-Y dot D-E-A-N at protoceptllc.com. Um, so that'll go straight to me. Uh, you know, I've done a lot of work for uh, the uh, more industrial stuff, like you know, scanning a part to be uh, 3D printed. You know, making replicas of that, and I've done also like artistic stuff like that too. You know, somebody does a, a hand done sculpture or whatever, 3D scan it and print out little plastic miniatures of it or whatever. So you know, sky's the limit. If you got an idea for a project, let me know. I love to help out. But other than that. Mike, you, I guess we're at we're at a a buck forty here on time. So Great. you want to give your final thoughts and wrap it up? Yeah, our love collective podcast first episode. We did we had a great time. Me, Michael Lay, and Tony Dean here. Um, stay tuned for more. We're gonna have, we have so much to talk about already, and I'm looking forward to talking to to all of you and getting connected. And we'll get everyone emailing and classes. If not classes, we'll talk about projects, collaborations, and always up for just ideas, you know, just having fun. All right. All well, right. It was fun. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you, Tony. All right. See you guys. See ya.